Sarah. Hey, Jeff. How's it going? It is going well. What's going on? So we just got through talking with a few guests. We had a small panel talking about the Go-Go's documentary on Showtime. That was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And uh, I like that panel talk. That was good. And yeah. it was a good documentary. Very, very good documentary. I think well done. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I want to thank your brother for coming up with this idea. And he's also on the panel and share some uh, some opinions. Not all... Yeah. Not all the opinions that we uh, we necessarily agree with, <laughs> but uh, it's a it's it's a fun panel discussion. So hopefully you yeah. enjoy this. Absolutely. So enjoy the discussion. Hi, this is Soraya, and this is Jeff. Our podcast is called Paisley Stage Raspberry and Rhyme. A podcast where the two of us play music that we like and share anecdotes and background about the tune. We hope you'll join our conversation. And without further ado, agrubiar. Let's get groovy. So, Soraya, here we are. We're at episode 95 on our podcast. And wow. I know. Can you believe it? We're- and yes. Lena was our very first guest. So speaking of Lena, did you- So long ago. <laughs> Soraya, did you want to tell our listeners what we're doing today and who our guests are? Absolutely. So today for number 95, we're going to be taking a look at and kind of talking about the new Go-Go's documentary that um, was released on Showtime and is now available on a lot of different platforms and on, on demand. But joining us today is Full Circle, our first guest, Lina Di Tonwa. Hola. Yay. Welcome back. And uh, Lisa Torres. Hi, Lisa. Hi there. And uh, I've talked about him enough on the show. I had to bring him on my big brother, Hassan Alamdari. Hey, Hello. Hassan. Hey. Who, who, by the way, came up with this idea. Am I correct about that? Yes. Hassan talked to me. He said, You guys should talk about the Go Go's documentary. I said, Great idea. And here we are. Put it, put it up, and we brought it around, so I had to bring you on. Yay. So, Yay. so I wanted to mention that, um, as you had talked about, Soraya, that the GoGo's documentary came out on, on the, originally on Showtime, and the director is Allison Elwood. Um, the, the notes that I have show that the documentary is an hour, 38 minutes long, and it was originally released on January 24th. 2020 so not that long ago and the storyline that they put out for showtime says as the first multi-platinum selling all-female band to play their own instruments write their own songs and soar to number one on the album charts the go-go's are the most successful female rock band of all time underpinned by candid testimonies from the go-go's past and present this documentary chronicles the meteoric rise to fame of a band born of the LA punk scene that not only captured, but created a zeitgeist. So that's their little spiel for, for what the documentary is. Did you guys happen to see the, the documentary that VH1 did behind the music? I did, like many years <laughs> many ago? Many years ago, yeah. Yeah. What did oh, you- yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw it, but I have a bad memory. <laughs> so I don't remember the details. Yeah, I'm the same way, Lisa. And I did find an article that uh, it was in Rolling Stone and um, 
had this little write-up and it says, um, do not ask the Go-Go's what they thought of their infamous 1997 episode of VH1's Behind the Music. They did not like it. <laughs> um, we were very unhappy, no. says front woman Belinda Carlisle. It, it dwelled more on the darker moments and all the negative stuff. We were kind of embarrassed and very, very disappointed. We felt like the representation of us was really salacious, said singer-guitarist Jane Whelan but it's not like VH1 treated us any different than anyone else. I'm 100% convinced that they had a template, the rise, the drugs, the fights, the falls, and then showing them so much happier today, not like us, we weren't happy. <laughs> so that's what they felt about that VH1 behind the music of the Go-Go's. But it wasn't until, I guess, when Belinda saw the Eagles documentary, and I think they talk about it, a little bit or at least in one of the interviews that I saw that when they saw an Eagles documentary that was uh, directed by the same director that they decided it's time for us to do a new and better documentary on the go-go so I guess that's how this all came about. Lena what do you remember from the do you remember that behind the the music? Oh yeah. What were your <laughs> thoughts when you saw it because I remember what mine were. Well yeah uh, well a lot of it was now Keep in mind that I have my own first-hand perspective <laughs> of, of witnessing uh, a, a lot of what they were like early on. Um, so I wasn't surprised in some respects uh, to see some of the debauchery that was <laughs> displayed in that, uh, in that piece. But on the other hand, I kind of was, you know, this, this, you know that that kind of thing would be filmed. So I'm not you know, I, I'm really, I don't blame them for not being happy about the way they were um, shown. Yeah, no, no, but then again, how did they get a hold of this, <laughs> the videotape, right. you know? Right. I, I mean, I think the fact that also, you got to do some serious digging to find it in the first place, right? If you want to watch it now, you, you, it's not that, re it's accessible, but not that readily accessible. And what I remember is the format was definitely like exactly how it's described. Mm -hmm. I mean, the goal was really in when you saw the flashes of, you know, the montage introducing behind the music, it was always like, bah, bah, bah. it was these quick flashes of just drinking drugs, women. Nah, nah, nah. So it definitely had an objective. And I remember it wasn't behind the music, the one that brought out uh, Leif Garrett oh, yeah. and talked about all his you know, his life just going down this tube and then it ends with this moment of possible reconciliation with um, with a friend that, you know, it was due to him that the guy was paralyzed? Yeah, or yeah he was paralyzed. paralyzed. Yeah. I mean, it had, behind the music was definitely salacious. It definitely went for, it wanted, it wanted that story. And that's why this documentary, I think is really interesting because we get a little more dimension to the story. And Lisa and Lena, I wanted to ask you both. The LA punk scene, I know, Lena, we've talked to you about it, but Lisa, I'd like your, your reflection on it about the club scene, early 80s, and do you remember seeing the Go-Go's early on? Well, I wasn't in the club scene. I was a little bit too young. <laughs> at the time. And um, I moved from San Pedro to uh, Arizona in the summer of 1981. So my first uh, concert 
was at kind of a big amphitheater out there in the desert. It was called Compton Terrace, and I think it was owned by like Stevie Nicks' father or something like that, the venue. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where I saw them. I saw them twice there that year, I think. Uh, so, so I wasn't in the club scene. My cousins were, and they would tell me stories about it and everything. A little bit later, not not so early, but like, you know, early '80s. But uh, yeah, so I only saw them at big places, big venues, and that was with um, Beauty and the Beat. Yeah, and then the vacation tour as well. And Lena, um, when you saw, you know, because I think one of the interesting things this documentary brings out is these er, this early footage mm-hmm. of the Go Go's performing. Do you? Re- um, I know we've talked to you before, but you know, never can be enough. Talk to us a little. Uh, little bit about seeing that early go-go's oh they were a lot of fun um you know like they they say in the documentary they really didn't know how to play i mean they really didn't know how to play so it was uh you know just a bunch of like noise and and belinda kind of screaming over it when they were like really punk Just like it portrayed in that documentary, after they came back from the tour in England, it was like night and day. It was just, they were so tight. They were so, you know, big, at, you know, at, at that point, uh, compared to all the other bands in the LA scene at the time, you know, they, they'd become almost like stars overnight, even though, uh, relatively speaking, they weren't yet, they were on the cusp of it, but you know, when they left, they were, you know, local, local band, local darlings, but when they came back and they really were stars. Wow. But yeah, they were fun though in the beginning. Like I, I we were friends with, um, with Margot, uh, and, you know, when they got rid of her, it, it was definitely, uh, I, I was, I was on her side because mm-hmm. I, I didn't really think that they did her, you know, they did her right. So but she was like the more punk on the more punk side. So, you know, seeing, seeing the whole thing, the whole trajectory, it makes sense, but they, they should have handled it better. That's what I think. They should have handled almost every business thing better. Yeah. <laughs> Everything when it came to business. This is true. Like this is that's true. What destroyed them more than anything else. You know, you just, just think if they would have just shared writing credit from the beginning, that probably would have solved half the problems. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of ego involved, elite yeah. ego and drugs and stuff. Yeah. What? No, I, 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 I like now we, we've got, you know, some years and some time to think about it. Yeah, that would have done it, but 
I got to agree with Lena. I think at the time, you know, it's just like, I wrote this song, here's my song. And like, I think guidance, but it's like, guidance wasn't there. Like, you look at the he talking heads, how they talk about, they don't like each other. Right. It all has to do with the credits and how, how they feel. Look at Who's Could Do, that band just imploded. <laughs> For many reasons, mm. part of it was part of it was yeah. that. You know, it just happens all the time, just like. And the opposite side of that, if you look at bands like REM, who decided right from the beginning that we're all going to take credit for every single song that we write, mm. that kind of the opposite happened. Where they, I mean, they they gelled at least you know for a while. They um, gelled for and, a long, long time. Yeah, and I think I think you're right, Hassan. I think that has a lot to do with it, but it's one of those things that I don't think you you realize at the beginning when you're forming a band. Exactly. But with yeah. hindsight, yeah. No, so you forget it's a business after a while, and that's yeah. the that's what breaks them up most of them. It's just the business side, not yeah. And egos, yeah, as Lena mentioned yeah. earlier. So how did you guys all first hear about the Go Go's? Hassan, how did you first hear? Just locally here, you know, just listening to, you know, the radio and things like that. I was, I mean, I started late. My first show ever was seeing Romeo Boyd in the first Bengals show at the country club. Wow. You know, that's, I came on late. So, you know, it's just like, you know, so I, I started late. So, yeah. So I just heard them. It's just like, you know, you just hear that, you know, we got to be just such a pop, just a really great pop song. And it's what, you know, it's just great. Soraya, when, how did you first hear the Go-Go's? Well, hello. I'm a Valley girl from the 80s. <laughs> uh, it was, I went to an all-girls Catholic high school and Beauty and the Beat just got shared really quickly. And so, I, you know, I became a fan instantly and that was, that was the song. Like, and Lisa, I'm with you. Yeah, Beauty and the Beat and Vacation became albums that I listened to a lot a lot and uh, they marked a period of my life. But um, they were kind of like that first step. And I've talked about it a lot on our podcast that you know my brother wanted to, to help me see that music could go a lot further than what I thought. So, you know, Go-Go's was a step. And then, you know, I kept taking other ones. Nice. And Lisa, do you remember how you, when you first heard the Go-Go's? Well, it, I think it must have been when I was still living in San Pedro before I moved to Arizona because it was like right when the record came out is when we moved. And um, so I'm, I'm guessing probably like K-Rock or Friends or, you know, not sure. And then, you know, of course, MTV, seeing them in the video there. And then, uh, you know, I remember I just, I like wanted to be a go-go even though I didn't know how to play any instruments. And I even have a picture of uh, 
my friends, two girlfriends and I, we raided her mom's closet and like tried to dress like them and everything. <laughs> I had some, had some go-go boots on, you know, but, uh, and that was about the time, like we had gone to the first concert. I didn't wear the outfit to the concert, but you know, that, that was basically, it was just, uh, probably MTV and getting the record. Yeah. And Soraya, we didn't mention that Lisa is the current bass player for the last and she also you. played on stage with the Violent Femmes. That's pretty cool. Yeah. How, how was that, Lisa, playing with the Violent Femmes? Um, well, you know, it was kind of scary a little bit, I have to admit. Um, I, I did it twice. The first time X opened up, so it was like a little hard to enjoy the X set because I knew <laughs> I was going to be going up there. But I, I had a couple days notice, so I, pr I practiced a lot and you know, it was pretty cool. I, I didn't practice with them or anything. It was just practice to the song and then get up there and kind of see what happens. And it worked out pretty well, I think. Wow. So that was fun. That's got, that's got to be a highlight. Yeah, yeah, of, it was. <laughs> and then Lena, so it sounds like you knew the band, the Go-Go's in the early days. How did oh, yeah. you remember how you first heard about them? Was it just playing in the clubs or? Yeah, yeah, because I mean, at that time there were so many shows going on all the time and a lot of the same bands were playing. In fact, um, before we did this, I dug up some of my, I found a couple of my cassettes here because I used to go around to the shows and tape them. I carried around a cassette recorder. So this is, these are from 79. One is from, let's see, is it June 17th, 1979. And this one is from October 20th, 1979. So it's like, I've got like really early stuff, but um, I think wow. I've even got more, maybe even earlier than these. Wow. But yeah, this was still, you know, in the Margot and Alyssa mm -hmm. timeframe. Um, but yeah, I mean, at that time, you just would go to any shows that were happening. And, you know, they were some of the na names that were known. So, you know, you'd see the Alley Cats, the X, the Bags, the Go-Go's, yeah, the screamers, whoever, the plugs. <laughs> yeah, the plugs. The plugs. Nice. What about you, Jeff? It wasn't until um, MTV. So I, I think it was we got the no. Our lips are sealed. It, that's the one where they're in the fountain, right? Our lips are sealed. Yeah, I remember seeing that video. And my friend Chris Roth and I, we went and we got Beauty and the Beat at Licorice Pizza, and we were obsessed. I think it was at that time it was the Go Go's. Ozzy Osbourne and Van Halen were the three bands that we were totally obsessed with. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. So Chris, wow. Chris found something in a magazine that uh, where you could buy bootleg tapes, and he started buying all these bootleg cassettes of the Go Go's of these early shows that they had, and we were just fascinated with the band. And back then, of course, there's no internet, so we didn't know a whole lot about the band other than what you know we could see on mtv so mm -hmm. and and really other than that vh1 behind the music which i don't remember too well but um i still didn't know a lot of the stuff that was covered in the documentary like uh, lena you mentioned um Alyssa and margo i i never knew that there was these earlier members in the band even though we were so obsessed with them and their music it was like that that moving forward like I didn't know any of this history of the band um, so all that was new to me but MTV was how I found out about the band yeah that's kind of about the time that I I sort of I mean I was happy for them um, 
I, it's not a secret that, uh, you know, I, I've told enough people, yeah, Belinda was always really mean to me. I don't know why to this day, but Margot and Jane were always total sweethearts. So it's like, I always did wish them success, although it's like, ah, Belinda, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got a pretty cool picture of the three of you, right? Of you, Jane, and is that Margot in that picture, Lena? Oh, no, oh, that, the one that I had on my Facebook. No, that that's Jane. Um, the other ones were like uh, Joe Biza, his girlfriend, Rachel, her uh, sister, uh, whose name also was Alyssa, <laughs> and uh, myself. Um, yeah, that was at, taken at the Nugget, uh, a go-go in Long Beach, Long Beach State. That was another club that uh, would everyone used to play at. So about what year were those pictures taken? That was, was it? probably 79. So late 70s? Yeah. Wow. wow. All right, so the documentary, what did you guys think overall of the documentary? Lisa, what did you think? I I really liked it. Um, I could not wait for it to come out. I was like counting mm -hmm. the days. <laughs> and I think, um, you know, when it, I looked, it, it was on demand at like midnight or something mm -hmm. and I stayed up till like 2.30 in the morning watching it, which is not like me at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think I've watched it now I don't know, four, maybe five times. And um, I really, really loved the early stuff, uh, that seeing those photos and hearing, um, you know, what the early gigs sounded like and, and uh, you know, hearing the, for me, hearing the isolated bass tracks, uh, that just, I loved that. Like I could listen to the whole record like that. <laughs> and be happy about it. But yeah, I, I loved it. And I um, had just recently read Kathy Valentine's book. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I, it was interesting to watch the documentary. I think it would have been a different watch if I hadn't just um, read the book because I, I learned a lot in Kathy's book and there's, you know, obviously some overlap. And so kind of like knowing her, kind of her side of it and then seeing, you know, some of it kind of come to life, like out of the pages of the book wow. and uh, to life in the documentary. I think it was pretty cool. So I'm, I'm glad I read the book. Um, it's great. You guys yeah. should read it if you haven't read it yet. Um, but yeah, I loved the documentary. I thought it was really fun. Did you read the John Doe, um, like edited thing that it has a Jane We, we, we has a story by Jane? <laughs> And has yeah. one by uh, Charlotte too. Lots yeah, I've I've like like I said, stuff doesn't stay in my brain too too long. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, I did did uh, read some of that, and uh, yeah, it's always fun to to after all these years to get to hear some of the personal side of things because I never really followed that closely enough to know what was going on behind the scenes. So, what, Hassan, what did you think of the documentary? Oh, I, I, I loved it. It's just one of those things where you can actually see like when Gina joins the band, that's when they became the Go-Go's that we know, I think. She just whipped them into shape and just like, here's what we got to do going forward. And mm -hmm. it was, it's like you just see it's a different band. It's like there's a Go-Go's before Gina and then there's a Go-Go's after Gina. And then there's the Go-Go's after Jane leaves, you know, which is, yeah. you know, there's basically three. 
And it's just one of those things you, just, you know, I was, I went back and I listened to Beauty and the Beat and that's almost a perfect album. There's one song in there that's horrible. Other than that, it's a great album from, and you can listen to it start to finish. It's short, it's only 36 minutes. It's just like, boom, it just- Like it hits you. It yeah. hits you and it's done. And it's just like, okay, let me hear that again. It's not like a really long album doesn't have, has only one bad song. It's just like, oh, so good. Nice. It's so good. And Soraya, what did you think? Look, I thought it was a really good documentary. I thought it was much more balanced, obviously, than behind the music. Um, and the, the footage, the early footage, I have to agree with you, Lisa. I really enjoyed that because it starts to tell me this story. And then, um, yeah, when Gina comes in, it's, it's just such a marked change in attitude and perspective and approach that it was like, I was surprised by it, to be honest. And I mean, the story that still gets me is how Kathy is brought in to the band. And that she's like, I'm a guitarist. And uh, they tell her, hey, we need a bassist. Can you learn this? Can you play this? And she said, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then she said, for three days straight, I'm just up on Coke and the bass and just duck, duck, duck. And so those are the things that always trip me up is when I hear when people played one thing, but like all of a sudden say, absolutely, I can do that. And then on the, literally, they flip the switch, they learn it, they get it, they nail it, and then they're playing it. And that, like, that, iter that addition of Kathy, I, I, you know, there's something about that. And then you just see these people just kind of gel and it is like capturing lightning in a bottle. And then you just start to see how it cracks, you know? And it's, you're watching it and you don't wanna see it. I knew the end, but I didn't wanna see it. But I, I enjoyed listening to the stories and seeing a lot of the rise and falls of all of them. Because yeah, the Go-Go's were these people and the minute someone leaves, the, you know, the little bit of the magic yeah. slips away and, you know, I thought it was very, it was a well-told story. Yeah. And also I found love with Charlotte too. Charlotte and <laughs> to me were the stars of that documentary. It's just like, yeah. Because it's in like in my head, I always think of the Go-Go's as Jane and Belinda. That's how I always thought of them. <laughs> it's just like after seeing this, I go, oh no, it's Charlotte and Gina. <laughs> I, I will say this. I will say this. I saw what was supposed to be the farewell go-go show at the at the the greek remember lena which which farewell yeah. the first one? wait wait wait, wait. I, i'm not gonna go there i'm not gonna go there the the last one the very very last one but i was there and i remember i was with a friend and i said this is the last time we're gonna see this take it all in and up on the stage i'm watching belinda and i felt she was so distant like the music's good and the energy was there, but I felt she was distant. In the documentary, I actually got to go inside that brain of hers and hear a little bit more because she seems to be just so guarded. Mm -hmm. And so it was interesting for me to actually hear her speak and speak, you know, the truth about what was going on. And so like, I remember sitting out going, oh man, Belinda, she's, no, una perdida. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but 
now that I heard her, I said, okay, I give her a little more credit. I never liked her as much. Lena, I'm kind of in your camp. I never liked her as much, but after the documentary, I, I can appreciate her more. Huh. I got a, a, a little tiny Belinda story. Uh, um, okay, Lena, what about you? What did you think of the documentary overall? I really liked it. I thought it was well done. Uh, you know, I thought, um, I thought it was great that they didn't gloss over uh, how how they you know treated Margot and how they treated Ginger. I mean, well, you know, first of all, the whole thing with Ginger um, and Margot. Come to think of it, the the way that they did Margot was at the time they said, "Oh, well, she's really sick, and we're getting Kathy as as a fill in." And the next thing you know, Margot's gone and we never saw her again. So I never found out what happened to her. I just thought, boy, you know, it's like, did she ever recover? Because we just never saw her, you know, uh, in town anymore. And I had no idea that she'd moved to New York. And then um, when they got rid of Ginger, again, I wasn't following them as close because they'd already become big stars. So, you know, I had other things in my mind, you know, uh, going on, but, I never saw her either now that I, you know, come to think of it. So it was just like, you know, they're driving all these people away because, you know, they just didn't know any better. Um, but I'm glad that they included them and that they got to tell their side of the story. And you could tell, you know, their emotional uh, perspective, you know, how hurt they were and, um, you know, all the other ego things, all the problems that they had and, you know, getting back together and everything. Like Lisa said, once you read Kathy's book, you understand a lot more. And it's interesting to see how they, uh, they handle that in the documentary. So I thought it was really well done. Hmm. What about you, Jeff? I really liked it. Like Lisa, I've seen it multiple times. I've seen it four times already. And a lot of it was new to me because I didn't know a lot of that stuff. And the only thing I really remember about the behind the music thing was the drugs and debauchery. Like, yeah, like, uh, there was a lot of it. Everybody know? that they were involved with and all all that stuff. And I was I was kind of leery about watching it, thinking it was going to be a repeat of that. And they didn't gloss over that, like you said, Lena. I mean, they, that is discussed, but it wasn't there was so much more to it. There was so much more in depth. And I really did not want it to end. So when it ended, the first time that I saw it, I was, I was looking around like, where's the rest of it? Where's God bless the Go-Go's? Where's the head over the head over heels, the musical? I wanted like more of it. I wanted more. I wanted more. They, they, they did such a good job of it that I wanted as in depth as they went to the early stuff. I wanted more of that later, but I, I love it. I just thought it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of information there. Like I said, I didn't know anything about Alyssa and Margot and that whole thing, and then Gina's stuff. But <clears throat> I went through the fourth time and I wrote a bunch of notes. So um, I wanted to see, I wanted to ask you guys about a couple things. Um, one thing that I thought was um, really eye-opening was the, the drugs and the depression, especially with Charlotte and Jane and everything that they were struggling with. And I didn't realize like how deep into the, the drug scene that Charlotte was um, they, later they talk about Alphabet City in, in New York City and that was kind of weird that Margo was there in New York and ran into her in this at the time seedy part of New York I understand it's it's kind of hipsterish now but at the time it didn't sound like it was the place to be for um, good California girls right <laughs> um, but it was interesting how they they ran back 
into each other there. So I thought that was that was kind of interesting. But I wanted to ask you, Lena, and maybe you, Lisa. Um, Jane talks about Granny takes a a trip. Do you, did you guys ever shop at that place, or no. do you remember that? Not. I guess there's one now, like in a mall, but I don't think it's mall. it's the. <laughs> Yeah, but at the time, it sounds like it was the place to hang out and get. Well, yes and no. I mean, the reason I didn't go was nobody had money. I mean, we, the, 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 we were always thrift shopping because we didn't have money. And, you know, if you you know ventured into a shop that just dealt with that kind of stuff, then you were going to pay money. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, I, I mean, at least that, I never hmm. went in there because I figured I can't afford that place, you know. <laughs> So it wasn't like a thrift shop kind of thing. Oh, no. <laughs> it was more stylish. Yeah. Uh, what about the mask? Did you guys ever go to that club? It doesn't sound like it was around that long. I think it was only a year, like 78 to 79. They uh, talk about playing there. Yeah, the the original one, yeah, I think was maybe, what, 78? I, th I know Joe played there. Or, oh. or did he? Yeah. So... Uh, and then they were closed down and then they kind of came back and there was the new mask or the other mask or something. <laughs> there was a few iterations of the mask. And another note that I wrote down that I thought was kind of funny is when, when they were talking about how the band, the Go-Go's went to San Francisco to see the Sex Pistols. I thought that was interesting in the documentary and Jane was like, well, they kind of sucked. Talking about yeah. seeing the Sex Pistols. And, I mean, even Johnny Rotten from the stage says something about, so do you ever feel like you've been mm -hmm. robbed or something? You've been cheated. Yeah. Yeah, I've been cheated. Yeah. Ever get the feeling you've been cheated? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that, that was the line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> and then I also thought, going back to Hassan talking about when Gina joins the band, that, sh that she drove across country with $2,000 and two grams of Coke, right? <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, so she's making a change here. <laughs> but damn it, uh, she was determined to make it, and she did, so good, yeah. you know, good for her. Yeah, and then I didn't know about the relationship with her and Jane, what they talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anybody knew. How that was, it was like one second, I had to rewind and say, wait, <laughs> did I hear that correctly? <laughs> they, and it's literally... A minute, a mention, and they keep moving on. They don't dwell on it. Yeah. So I wrote down the quote where she, and she looks serious where, where Gina says, Jane broke up with me. And then she's just sitting there and then she just starts laughing hysterically. And like, like, I'm like, wait, she says it straight faced. And then she just starts busting up laughing. And I'm like, do I, is this legit? Or, or is she telling the truth? And then she said, it wasn't like either one of us were heartbroken or anything. You think something like that's going to fuck with the band? No way. Yeah. <laughs> well, Hassan, you and I are not musicians. The rest of them are. They are. And they, they, they've all played in bands or are in bands. So, you know. I, I think my question is... I'm stunned that they hurt the band. Well, it, it's, and that was my question is, you know, they. it seems like a number of things happen that could have undermined the band at that moment, but don't. And I think me as just an observer and a music fan, I'm questioning how how realistic is that? As I've, never as, seen, I've never seen that. Not happen. like where things come up and, um, you know, 
it doesn't exactly, it doesn't necessarily break the band, but uh -huh. is it that it just kind of leaves a little seed where things could? It, well, all by the wayside or, I mean. Uh, okay, I've only had, you know, like minor experiences like that. Um, and I can see like with them, like I say, I had no idea. I don't think a lot of people had any idea, uh, but I don't think either of them were serious. I think it was just kind of like a, you know, like a fun mm -hmm. thing because everybody at the time was kind of doing fun things like that. Um, and if they weren't emotionally, you know, invested in it to the point where it overshadowed the band, yeah, I don't see any problem with it. Because, you know, I've seen that happen where it'll break up the band if, if you know, two people that are in the band are involved and yeah. you know, something happens with them. And other times, uh, you know, I mean, look at X, you know, I mean, right. you can't be any more involved than being married. And, you know, and they, you know, they broke up and they've married other people and they're fine. So it, it all depends, you know, like, what is your priority, you know, and if the band was doing great and they just kept getting better and better, they weren't going to let something like that screw it up. Yeah, it sounded too like maybe there wasn't a lot of like drama or it's usually if somebody's like devastated or hurt by the other person where you're going to have like a huge problem, right? But if it's, if it was something that was kind of more amicable and maybe not as serious, then they were probably mm -hmm. still having fun and good friendship and everything and kind of able to carry on. Jane seems like a ball of fun. Oh, oh she she is a sweetheart. She really is. Um, oh, as a matter of fact, um, there's a picture that's shown in the documentary that's also in this book called Make the Music Go Bang. And uh, it's this picture where Jane and Gina, it's backstage at the Starwood, and they're both wearing go-go pins that I'd made them. I'd presented them to them that night. What? I was I was gonna ask if you would share that story because um, we've talked about it before. But okay, so first of all, could you share the story of what those pins were? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I actually kind of came up with this idea of taking pills, just you know, tablets, and I would paint them like day glow colors, and I would get letter sets, you know, these little press on. Uh, you know, back in the old days, you know, um, <laughs> but when you just do stuff like that by hand, um, these letters, and I would make up band uh, pi pill pins is what I call them. And I put their names on there and, and I would just give it to the bands. And uh, so that night I'd made up a bunch for the Go-Go's and I gave them to Jane. And uh, so I'm not sure if that was like, if they were headlining that night, because I know the plugs were playing, so maybe they weren't headlining that. I, I can't remember now, it's been so long, but um, yeah, that, that was a really good uh, night, I have to say. <laughs> and it's, it's nice that, that somebody took a picture and it's in the documentary. There you go. I still have a Go-Go's pin somewhere and uh, you know some other bands that I did. And you gave me some last pill pins. Yeah, I've got some last <laughs> ones. Yeah, and in fact, I think, I usually made them like out of like ant antacids. <laughs> I can't I can't remember what these were because uh, once I, I have this really cool aunt who at the time when she found out that I was making these pins out of pills, she had a whole big box full of expired 
meds. So she says, oh, here, you take them. You know, so it's like, oh, okay, that's a good size. Yeah, I'll use that. So I have no idea what a lot of them were. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Love that scheme. So it sounds like they were legal pills, not like. Oh, yeah. Really? And she, she had a lot of health food supplements. So I'm sure they were things like papaya or something like that. Not quaaludes or anything. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is my aunt we're talking about. No. Well, you never know. Some aunt. I'm just thinking of my own aunts. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So there was a couple other things that I thought were really interesting to me. It sounds like there were some key points in their careers and the career of the Go-Go's um, that I thought there was a few things. Um, when they became the house band at the Whiskey, I thought that seemed like it was a big huge turning point for them because then they opened up for the specials and then the specials invited them to go to london right yeah and then i thought that was interesting where um their manager ginger said that she sold everything to send yeah. the band to to london um and then lena you touched on that earlier when they came back from london it was a totally different thing so rodney yeah. started playing them um, well, he'd yeah. been playing them before. I mean, he, it, they were girls and they wore little, little skirts. <laughs> yeah, he was playing them before. Um, but yeah, no, it, like I said, it exploded. It was, it was totally, you know, a totally different level by when they got back. Yeah. And then the last thing that I thought was like huge is when, um, well, not the last thing, but um, when um, they opened up for the police, it sounded like that was like a huge deal for them. And um, uh who who was it that um miles copeland right he he's he was the one Stuart copeland of the police's brother miles starts irs records they called it a boutique label i always thought it was it always seemed like a huge label to me because rem was on it and like let's active and all the bands that i listened to but um he decides to get them to open up for the police and it sounds like they really took off at that point to the point where Stuart Copeland says that that they were watching the um, the the charts when they were touring with them, and the Go Go's actually passed up yeah. the police on the charts. So <clears throat> that was I thought that was really interesting. But it, it, another thing that um, I wrote down, um, and, I, and I thought it was really neat when they had um, their producer um, Richard Gotter was his yeah. name, um, and he was saying that. Um, or they were saying that he, um, he decided that they were going to slow down their punk songs so they could hear, so the listeners could hear the words. And it was at that point where they kind of went from a more punk sound to maybe a more pop sound. And it sounded like that, that changed everything yeah. for them, according to the documentary. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, so I would imagine for you, Lena, knowing them from their punk side, it was, quite a bit of a change for you because that's when I came in Beauty and the Beat mm -hmm. so that's that's how I knew them to be yeah but for you it probably that's yeah that's kind of like between Beauty and the Beat and then the second album is kind of like when I lost touch you know as far as like well okay they're like on a whole different you know stratosphere now and it's not the same as you know like with the the, the current local bands that I'm still going to see at little clubs you know so it was just kind of like, okay, yeah, they're, they're, they're up and gone now. So um, I've never seen them in a, in a large venue. So the only time I've ever seen them is in, you know, the, the small clubs. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I was going to bring that up. So I've only seen 
that I can remember, I've only seen them twice. And the first time was in the early 2000s um, at Irvine Amphitheater, which is no longer there. Um, they had this event called Fan Nation, mm -hmm. where the fans could actually interact with the band. So they would have bands, and I forget who all the bands were. It was the Wallflowers. We were there to see Counting Crows. Billy Idol was there. The Go-Go's were there. But they had these tents set up outside of the venue, and you could go to these tents and interact with the band. So all five of them were there. The Go-Go's were there. And they were passing around microphones so everybody could hear. If you had any questions, you could ask them. But um, that's where, where kind of my little Belinda story comes in, where I was, they were in the same tent that the Counting Crows were going to be at. So I got there early because I wanted to be close for Counting Crows. And the Go-Go's came out. And I, I was pretty excited. And um, people were asking questions. And then my wife, Chris Schultz, she elbows me and she says, this Belinda girl, she's quite a bitch, isn't she? And I was like, what? And she goes, I don't really care for her too much. And then I was like, okay, I don't know. <laughs> but it's funny how you say your interactions with her. She wasn't a fan of yours, Lena. <laughs> yeah, and I never knew why either. <laughs> That's why Jane was extra, extra nice. She was always trying to get her to be nice to me and never happened. <laughs> Wow. In fact, I, if you want, I can tell the story of what happened after I gave them the pill pins that night. Yes, yes. please. Okay, okay, this is a little bit of dirt. Okay, so like <laughs> I said, I was talking to Jane uh, there backstage at the Starwood, and after I gave, uh, I think, yeah, Gina was there too. She says, after I gave her the, the pins, I said, well, you know, just, I didn't really want to talk to Belinda. So uh, I said, here, just, you know, give it to the rest of the girls. And they said, oh, no, 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 you know, Belinda's being interviewed by the BBC in the next room for a documentary. You know, why don't you go in there and, and you know, give her her pin there? And I was, I was like, no, 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 that's okay. He goes, oh, no, no. And so she forces me, she pushes me into the room. And, and sure enough, there's Belinda sitting there with uh, the BBC camera there. And um, Jane goes uh, that, oh, you know, Lena's made us these great Go-Go's pins, you know, yeah, well, and the, here, Belinda, what do you think? And Belinda did not take her eyes off of the camera. She never looked at me or anything. She just kind of like take, takes it. It's like, oh yeah, these are great. And then I, <laughs> I, and I turned I, and I looked at Jane and she kind of had this like disgusted look on her face, like, I'm sorry. And, <laughs> and then I was like, you tried, you know? <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. But yeah, that, that, there's a lot of ego going on there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's it. They did a good job of, expressing that in the documentary I felt like with everything that was going on with the ego and even Belinda I think she was very see like even when Jane leaves I don't think it's ego she just wants respect it wasn't ego at all. they didn't it, it's just like it wasn't it when Jane left I would have done yeah. the exact same thing it's just like wait now we're going to change the ball game after after I do all this work now you want to change it no no, and it's not right. Yeah, just like I, I, I give Jane credit for staying with them. I would have just left yeah. in. You got my songs. I'll take the rain credit. I'll take my royalties. You can go. Mm. Let me go do my stuff. And then I, I think you know once you hear what was happening with her, and then you see those interviews for I don't know if it was for like MTV or whatever, and you can tell she's so yeah. like miserable in the while they're filming those interviews, you know, that that's tough. Absolutely. Yeah. 
And then it's like when she's talking about Ginger, she saw, you can tell she goes, yeah, that was like a giant mistake we made. Yeah. It's just like the way, it's just like we made a mistake. And it's just like, we didn't know at the time. Just like, you're right. You're right, Jane. 100%. I thought, I wrote down a couple of quotes that Jane said it was, she said, I think in one of the interviews, she said, yeah, the Gogos were kind of like sisters. And her quote was, yeah, like sisters that fucking stab each other in the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was interesting. And then when she left, she said, yeah, I felt like uh, I was the rat that left the sinking ship. So it sounded like it was already, there was already issues. Yeah. Happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another quote I thought was really funny was, um, when Gina was talking about Charlotte and how bad her issues were, she says, Ozzy Osbourne threw her out of her yeah. dressing room. That's pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. See, and then like you look at Charlotte and you go, oh, Charlotte's got it together, but she had taken, she had really kind of mastered this art of being split, and... of managing, and kind of hiding, but I don't know, well, Lena. Okay. You tell me. Yeah, back at that time, um, Charlotte, I noticed her, she was always kind of hanging around with, uh, with Belinda. And I remember in particular one time where, of course, uh, if this was uh, uh, Charlie Quintana of the Plugs' 18th birthday. And I think we were at the Stardust Ballroom and uh, I was in a band called IUD at the time and the, <laughs> girls in the band were twin sisters who were very, very small, let us say. And one of them was supposed to fly around the room uh, on this, uh, <laughs> it was a, like an, an old ballroom, it was an old dance ballroom. And um, they still had, they had a, a thing there, like a, a, a cable, a wire of some sort, where you could fly around the room and they would have somebody fly around the room and end up at the, um, the DJ booth on one side. So. We, we cooked up this little plot uh, to have one of the sisters harnessed in and she was going to um, fly around the room, end up at the DJ booth where we were going to present the cake to Charlie. Now the, the Go-Go's were playing that night as well. We had a dressing room, a little like a little dressing room off to the side um, while we were getting ready. And Belinda kind of walks by and Charlotte's with her. And you know, of course, so she starts taunting us. And I, I looked over at Charlotte and Charlotte was just seemed like she was just kind of like, like doped up. You know, she, she was quiet. She was sort of like half giggling at uh, what Belinda was doing. So I was never quite sure what her deal was. Like if, if do you agree with Belinda or, or what? But she always seemed like not quite all there. So, you know, mm-hmm. in now knowing, you know, what I know it's like, you know, back then she, she must've been because she said she started heroin right after college. And so that was definitely after college. So, so it was probably from that point. But I never held anything against her. It just, it was just, you know, Belinda's deal, whatever. Right. And she had such talent though, because I I did see her in the eyes um, previously. So I was very surprised, like when she joined the Go-Go's. What was that band like? they were actually pretty punk. I mean, in fact, that was one of those things that, like she said, yeah, I'm like the straightest looking person here. Yeah, she was, because she had like this long blonde hair. But if you ever hear the, the, that song, The Eyes Don't Look At Me, uh, it's very punk, it's very aggressive. 
and mm. uh, you know so it's, you know just, just to see her it's like but she doesn't look punk yeah <laughs> and then they, then when she's recruited for the go-go's i thought okay well that you know that raises their status a bit you know they have her because she actually did know how to play she was yeah. very talented so Lisa, I wanted to ask you a question since you've read Kathy's book. Um, there was a quote that Kathy said uh, when the band was breaking up, and this was after Jane had left, and she said that somebody came to her, which is obvious when you hear the quote, and says, she writes the hits, referring to Charlotte, and I am the voice. And she was calling it quits. Does K Kathy talk at all about that period of the band and... Yeah, there was a lot. I mean, I don't remember exactly who said the quote. And then I think in the documentary, Gina says it in a different, like a slightly different way. So I don't know <laughs> who said it. I, if you listen, if you listen closely. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of detail about, you know, what happened and um, what followed uh, some you know, it's really worth a yeah, read. But, it is. but um, I don't know that she, I don't remember if that quote was in yeah, the book. Yeah, it was, I'd have it to was. Look at the book. Oh, okay. <laughs> I told you, things don't <laughs> stick in my brain yeah. that long. But did she, in the book, did she say who said it? Uh, I don't sounds like it's Belinda to me. Yeah, well, the impression that I got from the book was that it was Belinda. In the documentary, uh, it made it sound like it was Jane that said it, but that doesn't sound like, like you know, I write the hits and she's yeah. the voice, but... You know, I think depending on who was that was talking about was Gina or Kathy. Yeah. Uh, but like in the book, I'm pretty sure it was Belinda that was kind of like the the instigator. Yeah, that was another thing that I thought was really interesting for me was when Gina talked about that she had uh, that she wrote "Breakout" for Miley Cyrus. Three or four hits for Selena Gomez. That oh, was, I didn't know. That was news to me when I heard that. Yeah. I thought, wait, what? She, <laughs> she, she's got some hits under her belt. But see, and then the way she said it too is, she goes, "That's my name. That's my yeah. name on that yeah. song." Good you know, and like mm -hmm. they're not gonna screw me over again. But um, it, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, how she she'd get some traction like she the way it, i interpret it was i'm finally getting some respect for my yeah. contribution on you her know? own terms on her yeah. own terms so there you go yeah and then so the the documentary ends with them writing a new song club zero i wanted to ask you guys your opinions of club zero but
you guys think of that? Lisa, what do you think of the song? I hate to say anything negative, but I didn't love it, love it. Like, I've listened to it a few times and it gets kind of catchier, but um, it didn't really necessarily sound like the Go-Go's. Like, I don't, I don't know. There's something different about mm -hmm. it. It wasn't a bad song. It just didn't, like, excite me terribly. I, I don't like to say anything mean, but it just, uh, I didn't connect yeah. with it that much. I don't know why. <laughs> That's fair. Hassan? I just wish bands would just not make new music. Just don't. Well, it, yeah. It, it, when, no, I'm talking like when you die <laughs> after 30 years. Yeah. I can't think of an example of one I go, oh, that album is well worth me waiting 30 years for them to come back together. It's just like usually it's it's like that when we saw the Pixies, it's just like, okay, do do what you do. <laughs> don't give me any new stuff. That's fine. If I'm going to go on nostalgia, let me be nostalgic. But it's like, if you continue going, no problem. I have no problem with you. But it's like, when you re reunite after a long time, I can't think of one song that I go, oh, that's that. That was well worth it. Yeah. What about you, Lena? What did you think? Okay, I'm going to be the big dissenter here. I love it. And I, it, I'm going to say it's probably because my perspective is colored by the fact that we are all now in our 60s and um, that they could come up with something. I mean, I think it still sounds like the Go-Go's, but like a more mature Go-Go's. And the songwriting skills are still there, you know, the, for like a Go-Go's song. Um, so, I mean, I really liked it. And um, I'll have to disagree with you, Hassan, because there are a few artists who come out after 30 years with new material that I think was worth it, like like the Long Riders, Psychedelic Country Soul. Okay, that one I'll give you. Yeah, that, that's a great one. Give me that one. Uh, so, you know, you, you can't paint them all with the same brush, but like I said, yeah, you know, I know. this is my perspective, you know, just having come up with, with you know, so I, I really like it. Yeah. <laughs> Song as good as Club Zero. <laughs> What about you, Jeff? I like the song a lot. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, it, I was hopping along with it and I was like, you go, go, goes. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I liked it. It was, it was catchy and uh, it made me, it made me happy. I, I yeah. liked hearing it. Um, I like the song that Jane released a, a few weeks ago better. Oh, <laughs> he's talking about the, the I bleeped I bleep a Republican. Oh, oh, I haven't heard that one. I haven't heard that. <laughs> oh, either. Oh, it's called the the band is called the November Third, headed by yeah, Jimmy. okay. And it's about a minute and a half. <laughs> I'll have to look that one. about uh, people's responsibility for going out to vote. That's what you were talking about. Yeah, nice. Okay. Um, no, I, I liked it. I liked it. What I really enjoyed was watching them yeah. work out the song at the end of the documentary. Um, because I, I just like that kind of vibe that, okay, uh, change that, move this. Uh, okay, let's do it. And then I love seeing Gina behind the kit. Like, I just mm -hmm. like seeing them play. Yeah. And it just reminds me of, I mean, I don't want to get into mm -hmm. a debate about the Rock and Roll Hall, Hall of Fame, whether it's BS or whether it's valid, but it reminds me of this band is yeah. unique because Played their all all their own instruments, wrote their own songs, and it was a band of women. Yeah. 
at a time where yeah there were female bands but maybe like, they didn't write their own their own music maybe they didn't play all their own instruments but they came on at a time that was unique and they made an impact like it or not i think people dismissed them as being simply a pop act and like there's no value and credibility to it and i i they're a great think LA band better than the doors <laughs> Hassan Duncan, please. So, <laughs> his opinions are his. They belong to him. The copyright, Hassan Alamjari, 2020. Yeah, doors must have great band. <laughs> Again, his opinion. But, but I, I, that's what I wanted to see, and that's what that documentary gave me. It reminded me why, why they're important, why they need to be a part of this discussion. Just like the yeah. Eagles. The Eagles talk. It's just like you got. Oh yeah, these guys were good. Yeah, well, that, well, that's like Linda Ronstadt, the Linda Ronstadt right. documentary. People dismiss her music as being schlocky, and towards the end, it was all big band, mm -hmm. and you know, like she tried to do too many mm -hmm. things, and it was too, it was too much, mm -hmm. uh, and she kind of strayed from the formula. But you know what? She's a baller, and she's a badass. Mm -hmm. she did things that other women didn't do at that time, and that's why, like. You have to listen to her story yeah. with the Go-Go's. Yeah, I enjoyed um, seeing them uh, play together. I guess it was at the Whiskey when they were working on that song and then they played uh, We Got the Beat and it kind of started off like a clunker. It was all, <laughs> yeah, you know, and I thought, I, you know, that's it, just like such a natural thing and that's kind of cool that they showed it and then, you know, you get right back into it, but got to get used to each other mm -hmm. again and and so I enjoyed seeing that. Yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> they were joking. We used to have the beat and things along that line. Like yeah. we 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 used to be able to hit the beat. Uh, yeah, I thought that was a lot of fun too. <laughs> and Soraya, you mentioned the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and it actually ends with that with Chris Connolly saying, "I don't know what more they have to do to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame." And Stuart Copeland, totally genuine, says, "What the fuck? They're not." And and that's how that's the last thing that you hear other than the song playing. And I was like, wow. That was that's pretty cool. Every year when the they begin brainstorming the list, people go, This is who should be on it. And then when it comes out, it's like Yeah. It's a head scratcher. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. It's, it's one of those things. I I just put no stock into it. They're so good. They're they're their songs are gonna live longer than the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Like our lips are seen is a perfect pop song. is a perfect pop song i totally agree so that leads me into um our, my last question um it's been an hour you guys i wanted to, to know each one of your favorite go-go songs or go-go's album 
Um, and we'll go around Robin. So Hassan, you mentioned Our Lips Are Sealed. Is that your favorite Go-Go song? That's the best Go-Go song. No, you said not... what's your favorite. <laughs> yeah. The best Go-Go song is Our Lips Are Sealed. My favorite is Skid Marks on Your Heart. So why do you say Our Lips Are Sealed is the best? It's a great pop song. It, 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 it's just great. Everything about it, the lyrics, how it starts, everything about it. It's just such a good song. And every time I hear it, I go, I want to, I want to stay till the end. And I, there's not many songs that I can say that every time I hear it, I want to hear it till the end. It doesn't matter what mood I am or anything. I, I'll stay with that song till the end. There's other... I'm curious, Beauty and the Beat, you said there's one song that's not... You had to ask! <laughs> you had to ask! Fading fast. You can talk about all yes, times They don't need a thing to me You're fading fast out of my memory Oh, I like that one. I do too. I do too. But I, I, mean, I was just curious. All right, Lisa, what about you? What's your favorite Go-Go song or Go-Go's album? Well, so my favorite album is uh, Beauty and the Beat and I heavy rotation IPD player of my car uh, and I would listen to it regularly like, I don't know, at least once a month or something like that. So I, I feel like it's a, a unit. I have to listen to the whole thing. I don't, you know, to me, it's like, I need to listen to the whole album. <laughs> but if I had to pick like an isolated song right now at this moment, I, I'm going to pick Vacation. surprises me and I love I love how you answer that about Beauty and the Beat I am an album person myself so I look at an album as one piece too so I'm glad you said that <laughs> Lena what about you Beauty and the Beat because I think that's well you know that that's still where I was kind of a, attaching emotionally to them because I knew them <laughs> uh, and so I was proud of them for for that even though you know, like they, they were first complaining about that. It sounded, it didn't sound like them because it was slowed down. Um, yeah, it was too clean as far as, you know, those people that were used to them being a lot rougher, a lot punkier. Uh, but I love, you know, the songs, I love the songs. Um, 
they, I mean, I have no problem with any of the songs actually. And like Lisa, I have to listen to the whole thing. You know, when I'm mm. listening to it, I gotta listen yeah. to the whole thing. So no favorite song? Oh, uh, my, uh, Our Lips Are Sealed. My favorite album is Beauty and the Beat, and my favorite song, it's a sentimental favorite, is This Town. So my favorite song is Beatnik Beach from Vacation, but I, I'm Beauty and the Beat was it's such a classic album. I mean, to me, I think that it's so important and it changed so much. That album is just it 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 it's it's classic and it's perfect. It's a perfect album. So, but yeah, Beatnik Beach is my favorite song. It's a lot of I think that one's a lot of fun. Besides um, speeding, and um, what's that other one? Surfing and spying was another one of their besides. Yeah. Those had a lot of energy and a lot of fun. So those were my favorites. Well, then I I want to ask a, a follow up, and that is, what's a uh, another deep track fun song? Like for me, it's I like the I like Cool Jerk. Oh, I just yeah. think it's a fun song. 
What about you? Automatic. Automatic. Jeff? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to say speeding. So Speeding? Yeah. What about you, Lisa? Well, I just, I have my albums right here. These are my original oh, high school, oh, from high school. Oh, wow. And I, I actually had not played this since I was probably in oh, high school. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and I played it the other day. Um, and what stood out for me on this record, I would say, is like this old feeling and he's so strange. Those just like. Those are good. I was like, oh, those are, are cool songs. And I also brought to show you guys my tour booklet. Oh, my gosh. From yeah. uh the I'm vacation so tour. beyond jealous. <laughs> you still have that? Yeah. Oh, that is super cool. That is awesome. I want to see that. Lena, what about you? Deep track. Hmm? Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm just like. I know. We're like. <laughs> <laughs> What's your GoGo's deep track fun song? Um, it would probably. Uh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at uh, one of my '79 ones. They all those songs that, that came out in the in the second album. It was they were already doing them in '79. Oh. Um, uh, yeah, Beach starts off these things. Uh, how much more? Oh, I love. Probably, yeah, probably. How much more? Yeah. They mentioned that uh, at some point, oh, I think this was an interview that I saw when they were promoting the documentary and they said that they are planning to do a tour. Um, See, another farewell. So, <laughs> so we don't know what's gonna happen with COVID and the whole pandemic situation, but it sounds like if that, if and when that ever gets better that they do plan to do some more shows. And um, I know that they were, they had scheduled and I think you were going to go, Lisa, right here down the street from me in Temecula. Yeah, I had tickets for two shows, Temecula and somewhere in L.A. So I was going to I was going to go check them out again because I actually like kind of boycotted the farewell uh, tour because I don't like when bands say they're going on a farewell tour and they come back. So <laughs> when I hear that, I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a brat. Sorry. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Well, Soraya, did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about before we call it a show? Okay, I want to ask um, everyone else, I've already said it, but what do you think is the, not the impact, but what's the lasting legacy of the Go-Go's? I mean, we've seen the documentary, we've read uh, other books and other stuff. 
what's their legacy? Is it, is it, what do you think it is? Just the people like uh, Bikini Kill and all the bands that they created. They showed, they showed tons of women that you can go and do this. I mean, I, I think they're a great band. I, I don't think of them as oh, an all-women all band. They're, they're just a good band, period. And, and it's just like, and they include so many people. They just go out and just like, I was listening to, boy, I'm just basing on her name from the Bikini Kill. Um, Kristen Hanna? Or yeah. Her name is. And it's just like, listening to her, it's just like, she would have been the last person ever said that, like, the go-go's influence for me, but just like, there's tons of people like that. Right. It's like what they said with the Velvet Underground, everyone who bought their album went out and started a band. Yeah. And it's like so many girls who go, oh, wait, I can do that. I can play, I can play drums like Gina. Or I can do that. Or I can play bass. <laughs> Jeff, what about you? What's, what's their lasting legacy? I think just great, just a great band with great songs um i mean we got the beat we'll probably be hearing that the rest of our lives in 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 commercials or tv shows it's just such a great song and right away when you hear those the opening drum drums right off the bat you know what it is and it takes at least for those of us that heard it when it first came out just takes you to a place so just a great band great albums and great songs what about you, Lisa? Um, I would say the same thing, like kind of like legitimizing uh, all female bands. Cause I know that sometimes even, I don't know about lately cause I don't go out that much, but you know, I, I've been in an all female band before and it's kind of like you get attention just because you're all female. And then it's like, people are surprised when you know, people can play their instruments and things like that. And they're like, oh, wow, you know. And so I think just, again, inspiring uh, people. And, um, you know, I wouldn't have ever thought of picking up a bass guitar, maybe, uh, except for um, the Go-Go's. And then also I had a couple cousins who were playing bass. And it, otherwise, it never would have occurred to me, like, I could play an instrument. And that, um, you know, changed my life. For sure. And Lena? Um, yeah, well, I'd have to yeah, agree that um, you know, before the documentary came out, they were uh, talking about, well, they were the, the first all-girl band, it's, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, no, they weren't. You know, there was Fanny, there were the Runaways, you know, there was, you know, there were so many other all-girl bands. And, but no, I see now what they meant was that they were the first ones to actually go all the way to number one and just make it on their own merit, on their songs, uh, on their own talent. And yeah, you got to give them credit for that because um, if they hadn't been able to do that, I don't think a lot of other uh, female artists would have been given the chances that they have been, you know, and that you know, and been taken seriously. Mm -hmm. um, because to kind of back on what Lisa was saying, uh, yeah, back then, everyone that was in a band uh you know they just kind of expected if you were in a band and you were a girl that you were the singer um because when i tell people i was in a band they say oh you're the singer I said, no 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 i don't sing i play bass and i co-write the songs and they would be really surprised whereas in the punk scene you say you know you say you're in a band they say oh what do you play 
Um, so they came out of that environment of, you know, we, anyone can do anything. And I think that's part of the motivation. That's what kind of drove them to be able to do what they did. So I would say, yeah, that's, that's their legacy is that they actually did it. You know, they took that uh, and they broke through that, that ceiling and allowed other women, you know, be coming up behind them, you know, with bangles and everyone else, um, either female, all female or female led, um, you know, so you, you got to give them credit for that, definitely. And Jeff, I don't think there's any better way to end this episode. I agree. I agree. Thank you guys so much for coming on. And uh, I, like I said, I really enjoyed the documentary and I really enjoyed talking to you guys about it and getting your feedback on it. Great idea, Hassan. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Lisa, it was so good seeing you. We've seen you at the show, but loved having you on. And oh, hope thank you. To have you on again? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like afraid. I'm like, oh. No, 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 no. <laughs> you see, we're, we're nice people, but no. No, no, not about that. I'm just saying again. like. And Comadre, always good seeing you. And we'll have you on you again, guys. too. Don't worry. You don't have All to. Right. <laughs> All right, you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. You, you, I spot. My brother says, oh, you don't want me? No, we're going to have you on again. <laughs> see if you want to come back on again. That's another thing. Anyways, but good seeing everybody. Please stay healthy. Stay safe. Yes. You too. All right, you guys. All right. Have a good night. Thanks. Bye. Bye. That was fun. What was that that big uh, thumb down I saw? I saw a big giant thumb <laughs> of disapproval. Doors. <laughs> the doors are awesome. Oh, most overrated. No, no. Hassan has a he has a lecture on this. No, Hassan says the doors are the most over overrated. Overrated band of all time. Over Five. no, you used to say it was the most overrated LA band of all time. Oh, there. They're they're just they're not dead. The only thing good to come out of the doors was Ray there producing the X. That's the only good thing to come out of the X. Oh the my god! Oh my gosh! I disagree. I know you do. <laughs> if are we Most doing an outro or no? Um, should we? I don't know. Um, Hassan says we're fine. Okay. Hassan says we're fine. Okay, sounds good.